If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, if you've been following me long enough, then you know that I am the founder of many mastermind groups, including M1. But what does that actually mean for you? Well, it means that there's a group of over 400 people out there that are are high achievers. They're from all over the world, walking different paths, but they're sharing in the principles and the practices of success, holding each other accountable and urging each other through positive peer pressure to take their life and business to greater heights. I'm so proud of the 75 whole life millionaires that I've created, the lives I've transformed, the people I've helped lose weight, quit smoking, stop drinking, and get into the best shape of their life. In fact, I've even helped people meet the love of their life. When you get into a curated group of people that want more out of life, it's so much easier for you to get more out of life. So if you're serious about getting out of your own way and creating a life you're excited about, then get on a call with one of my team members at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and get started today. All right. Welcome to another podcast. And in this one, you're going to see me get choked up and get emotional. What a beautiful, beautiful gift and interview with this gentleman, Chris Pan. Check this out. He has touched directly Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, Melanie Trump, Elon Musk, Justin Bieber, and he has been on the Today Show. He has impacted Fortune 100 companies. He's worked with Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, this guy is a badass all around, but what is so cool is that he is, um, he's just a beautiful, authentic, genuine soul, and him and I have a heartfelt conversation around around being human and around figuring out all the emotional roller coaster rides that happen as we try to figure out how to live this life at a really high level and be not just achievers, but to live a fulfilled life. Uh, he is um, the creator of the My Intent Pro- Project, which is these bracelets where you, where you put one word on the bracelet that sets an intention in motion for a period of time of your life. It's like reading a book and getting into that for a week or a month and then having a shift in who you are. So he says he's loving, empathetic, and desirable, and I would agree with all of that. And he's focusing on working on getting less in his head and more in his heart, as I think we all should. So let's get to my beautiful, beautiful, heartfelt conversation with Chris. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a thrill to have you here. So why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, you've you've done so much and kind of defied, I think, what a lot of people think is possible. How how did you create some of the things you've done in your life? Bring us back a little bit. <laughs> I think a lot of um, serendipity, uh, going with intuition, and uh, a bit of pain. Okay, and so... How do you now take that and translate that into imp- impacting other people? I think uh, at this present moment, I'm in a kind of a holding pattern. Okay. Yeah, it's been 
five years of relentless service. Okay. And, um, you know, I have helped millions of people find their word and hopefully live with more intention. Yes. And I'm at a point now where I want to just take a moment and ground and just find my center and, you know, figure out the next steps. And I think that's important as entrepreneurs and as leaders is, um, you know, oftentimes I find I don't take time for myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I burn myself out. And um, so this is this is a moment to just uh, just take a break. So tell us a little bit about you know, you've worked with some very big names some big companies and things like that. What has been the value you have brought to them that's made your work so powerful? You know, if, if we go back to Facebook, um, I think the value of data and the value of, um, you know, I, I was trained as a consultant and at McKinsey, they always say the data doesn't lie. And a lot of us have intuition, we have hunches, but really the truth is in the data. And so back when I first joined Facebook, I joined to work on the ad product. But uh, after I was there for a couple months, the user growth had slowed down. And I took it upon myself to learn SQL and learn how to pull data and realize that the users who were not coming back to the site, they didn't have any friends but it took over 200 pieces of analysis to actually figure out that one insight. Wow. And uh, that insight then unlocked um, a lot of growth for the company because we were stuck at about probably 60 million users. And then from there, it just kept going and you know, now it's uh, at billions of users. But that was a big insight that you know, users without friends didn't have a very good user experience on the site and would leave and not come back. Wow, they were stuck at 60 million users for a while? Uh, for a little bit until we figure that little piece of insight out. But the curve, the curve was flattening. So what happened was um, in the early days, it was all college students and right. students would join. They would find their college network. They would very quickly find people they knew. And the site became very useful right away. Uh, as folks who were out of college started joining, um, the site wasn't made, it didn't make it very easy to find your friends. And back then there weren't that many people who were out of college on the site anyway. And so those people, they maybe find one or two, maybe five friends, but you know, the other friends maybe weren't active and then people would just drop off. And so I think the key is, you know, what is that magical moment for a product or service to light up and actually deliver its value? You know, for Facebook, obviously, and, and other social networks, it's to find people of interest for you. Right. Now you've worked with um, and impacted Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, the Trumps, Elon Musk. Tell us a little bit about that. Those are some big names. It's just being of service. It's realizing that all of us are human and all of us um, could use a reminder. So what you're referencing is the My Intent Project. So I've been mm -hmm. going and asking people for a word of intention that they want to remind themselves to be their best. And so um, with each of the names you've mentioned, you know, I would just go up and I would meet them at events and say, hey, my name is Chris, I have a gift for you. And they would always be like, oh, what's that? And I would say, well, what's your word? You know, what is one word that you want to um, remind you to be your best? And then I would go with my uh, maker kit and make them a bracelet. I would just, it, it's a hammer with a, a set of letter stamps. Right. Hammer in uh, the word that they chose onto a bracelet and give it to them. And, uh, you know, Kanye decided to wear his on the cover of the Time 100. That was a big moment for the project. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've personally made thousands, if not probably tens of thousands of bracelets for people. And the project has helped you know, several million people um, have that meaningful token to remind them. Uh, you know, I think of it as an anchor during times of turbulence, and yes. it's to guide us on our path. 
And you you would make it right there on the spot? Yeah, I'd make it on the spot. I was making them at the uh, Date with Destiny event, you know, on, on the right. main sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something that, to me, the whole idea was to bring coaching to the everyday. Yes. Because to me, um, this was my experience at a retreat center back in January of 13 at the Hoffman Process where I experienced a magical connection with myself, with my own intention. And I wanted to bring that to people who didn't have $5,000 in a week of time. Right. To me, it was like a micro retreat where if I could have a conversation with someone to help them find their word, you know, that, that's the equivalent to me of helping someone um, find their friends on Facebook. Yes. Right? It, it's finding their I am statement. It's finding their I am blank. And then they get to have that. It's, we make the intangible tangible. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get to be in the community of these big names and just walk up to them and say, I have a gift for you? I think um, that's the magic of being in Los Angeles and just um, just being, you know, just being at the right place at the right time. What was Elon Musk's word? Do you remember? Love. Love. He thought about it for a second. He, he gave it some real thought. He's like, in the end, it's it's about love. Wow. And and he, he, he it was a good good little moment. I, I approached him, asked him. I've met him a couple times at different events, but this one um, in particular, yeah. He was very particular about the color of the bracelet he wanted. He wanted the black with a silver token and, and uh, yeah. I would not have guessed that word from him had you let me guess, but that's kind of nice to hear actually. Yeah. It's interesting. What about Justin Bieber? Uh, he had the word purpose. Um, that was the name of one of his albums, exactly. I think, or something. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so Scooter Braun um, has been wearing these, bra- you know, our bracelets for a long time, and I have a great story I'll share with you um, in a second about Scooter that I don't think I've shared anywhere publicly. Um, but uh, with Bieber, I dropped off some bracelets for Scooter. So Scooter asked me to make him bracelets, and um, he's asked me to go to his house a few times. And then because the Purpose album had just come out, I just made him a couple of Purpose bracelets and left it and said, hey. Um, here you go. If you like these, um, we can make more for you. I guess he had them in his office when Justin uh, came by. He saw them. He really gravitated to them, grabbed the handful of them, and then he gave them to um, him. He wore one himself and he gave them to his friends. And then it ended up in one of his music videos um, for uh, the song Sorry, as the acoustic version. Yes. Watch that music video on YouTube. You'll see um, him and um, his friends all wearing them. That's super cool. Yeah. When did you start that, doing that? Uh, 2013. I started making these uh, for friends and family. It was just a gift. I started hosting these gatherings on usually a Saturday or Sunday at my house. People would come over. We'd do some meditation, yoga, um, maybe some singing, some painting. And then we'd have a table, usually in the living room, right when people came in. So you'd come into this gathering that I had, and there'd be this banging. So you'd look over, you'd be like, what's going on over there? And then you'd get drawn in. And then someone would ask you, oh, what's your word? And that would begin this journey of finding your I am statement or finding your intention. Mm-hmm. And so that was the anchor for these gatherings that sent a very you know, strong message that this is about a meaningful um, experience. It wasn't your typical Hollywood Hills, just you know, have a lot of alcohol and, and <laughs> party away. But um, usually yeah. you no know, alcohol at these gatherings they would have. It was like a conscious, mindful gathering. Yeah, beautiful, more spiritual. I love it. Yeah. And how many do you reckon you've given out or sold or whatever? Probably between two and three million. Wow. Somewhere in that range. 
Yeah. I, I love how organic that is. Like it's really it was something from your heart that 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 gate was given life, right? Yeah. Just a gift I wanted to share with the world. And and I and I talked about at the beginning about my pain. You know, I, I grew up very lonely. I um, came to the U.S. when I was seven and didn't speak English. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, didn't fit in. And I think it's that loneliness and desire to connect, you know, that has fueled this project because to me, this is not about making jewelry. This is about connection, right? It's about connection with the self and connection with other people. And that's what's, um, you know, I, I actually don't enjoy the business side of this project at all. Right. I, consider myself more the chief bracelet giver. Like I like going around and just having connections with people right. and making them and hearing their stories. Yeah. And I, what I like about it is the fact that I think most people, myself included, often think, okay, what's a business idea that I can make money on that I can either love or at least tolerate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I love the fact that yours came from pure essence of giving and wanting to connect and, I, you know, of all the, I get to, to interview tons of people and I'm seeing a pattern now after doing this for a while that most people that create change or, or are givers either were bullied growing up or had this sense of not belonging or loneliness and then the desire to overcome that in some way, create a movement, uh, solve a problem, a product, a service or what have you. And it just personifies what you said is we all want to connect. Yeah, 100%. It's just tough sometimes because we have that little voice, I'm not enough, they're smarter than me, they're better looking, they're taller, they're richer, whatever, right? And I think that's the, that's the work we get to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you break down those walls with that. Uh, with that well, I, I think of each bracelet, you know, I've had probably <clears throat> 30, 40 of them at this point. And I remember, um, you know, the book, A Course in Miracles? Yes. And I've only read the first page. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> For the first paragraph, it said, um, this is a required course. The only option or the, you know, you can elect when you want to take it. Hmm. And I feel like each word that someone would choose is like a lesson. Yeah. It's a yes. lesson in compassion and empathy and self-love. And it's just a matter of, you know, when we want to take these lessons. And so that's mm -hmm. the choice part. But as human beings on this planet, that's what we get to do. Yeah, so what you're saying is kind of like maybe for this week or day or month, I might focus on gratitude and yeah. make that the lesson for that period of time. And then Absolutely. kind of where that feels good, now I might want to go into passion or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. So what's your word for month of August? We talked about this a bit before we came live. Yeah, um, it's the word practice. And just... Uh, you know, really, I think I've gotten away from my own, you know, meditation, my journaling, my, my own mm. practice. You know, I think when COVID um, happened, I was so just fixated on trying to be helpful. Mm. Was, you know, I was, I launched um, an online school. I was doing all these uh, lives, you know, and I want to reestablish my own practice. And then I think there's a little bit of regret I've had um, of some of the decisions I've made. And it's also a reminder that, you know, um, life is a practice. Like, we don't have to get it right, but it's okay to make mistakes and fail. And, um, you know, just like a practice, like, you just get better. Are you open to sharing some of those regrets? Yeah. Um, I, I think some of them were just just around, I, I think there's, there's a mix between um, 
wanting to help and a bit of ego and a bidding a bit of feeling enough and wanting to improve myself so i think you know i started doing these lives and we ended up going to two hours of daily lives a day to four hours and eventually 11 hours a day what? running like an espn for inner work um on my intent live uh my intent.org slash live and we did that for seven weeks um i took a lot of my personal money and just put into a foundation to fund this. And by the end of it, I was like, why did I go so big? And, and I think there was a part of me that wants to prove something that I can be something. And I was like, you know, I could have just kept it at two, four hours and, and just kept it as a simmer. But I think there was <clears throat> a bit of me that wanted to, you know, be great. And, um, Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So I'm looking back like, wow, why, why didn't I just moderation instead of, instead of, uh, you know, really going for it and, and, and I kind of burn myself out. Um, and, and I think part of what happened was if I look back, um, there was zoom fatigue. I think when yeah. I made the decision to do it, it was kind of April, May when zoom was the thing and we were doing all this on zoom and I was thinking, oh, this summer, there's so many people that are unemployed. We're going to run summer camp and we're going to help get people through. And we did help a lot of people and they have written in some beautiful testimonials about how this was a lifeline for them. Because I remember when I was unemployed in 2007, I had no structure in my day and I was really yeah. lonely at night. So I wanted to be there for other people. So, so that, that came from a good place, but I think I didn't have to make it so extreme in terms of what we were offering all at once. Um, so that's just a lesson that you know, it's moderation and in the future, just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I have a, I have a go big kind of personality um, that I'm learning to temper a bit as I, as I mature and hopefully get a bit more uh, wisdom. So one of the things that makes me think of is that, you know, at one point in time, we want to achieve a goal, open up a business, hit a million dollars, get in a relationship, buy a car, what have you. And then we create a new identity. Example, I have a nice car, a nice house, a nice relationship and a successful business. Then there's a part of us that goes, okay, now that's how the world sees me. I'm going to do this next thing. It's got to be at that level or greater. Does that resonate with you at all? Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This, this need to achieve this need yeah. to bigger, better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the American way, right? It's leverage technology, double down 10 X hundred X, and even Elon Musk. I look at Elon Musk once in a while and I'm like, okay, hold on a second. His stock went up 150 bucks on Monday. He made $7 billion. He um, came out with a new vehicle. He launched a rocket. He, and that's one week of this guy's life, right? And I'm like, exactly. what, what, what am I doing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, There's, there's the social media-ization of I'm not enoughness. Yeah, this glorification of people that achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Which... And the, the mindfulness does not get a lot of votes when it comes to transformation in America, right? Yeah, 100%. So um, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on that page. Uh, I, I tussle with that all the time. And... Um, my practice also has waned a little bit when it comes to, you know, it's, it's quick. I, with COVID, I started investing on the stock market a bit. And so I get up and I'm on the West coast like you, 
and I do a couple of things and I'm like, okay, the market's going to open soon. Let me check it. And I'm not mindful anymore. I'm not in my practice. I'm out of it because my ego wants to go, were you right with what yeah. you did? Mm-hmm. Are you going to make big money and get to show everybody you made a big decision? Yeah. And I can see my ego doing it. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. I, I pulled out of the market um, mostly in, in March and now I'm having some second thoughts. I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so these things I'm looking back like, ooh, did I make the right decision? Like, but but then like, what does it all mean anyway? Like, what, you know, even if I did have whatever more, um, what does this all really mean? So I think there's a lot, a lot that this whole uncertainty is teaching myself at least. I think that uh, Mother Nature, the universe, what have you, has decided to give the entire planet a personal development. Uh, Course in Miracles that you are going to do now, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Dealing with, I mean, I'll, I'll share the scooter story if you're... Uh, if yes, you're please. So he's had me, um, he had the word Jagger's dad on his uh, bracelet. And for those that don't know, that's um, Justin Bieber's agent, right? Uh, Justin Bieber's agent, very successful. Also Ariana Grande and okay. many um, very successful uh, artists. And... Um, so, so I met him at an event and he wanted Jagger's dad. That's the name of his first son. Made it for him. Uh, I get a call probably like a summer later and uh, he's like, hey, can you come over and um, make me another one because it broke. So we, you know, I went to his house, we established rapport. Subsequently, I ended up um, also going to his office. I made him, uh, then when Levi came, it was Jagger and Levi's dad. So I upped that. He had a story, uh, his wife told me, his, uh, his wife yelled, said, when he was out of uh, coming out of Las Vegas once, uh, they were going from the hotel to the airport. They had the chauffeur turn around and go back because um, he left his bracelet and his watch at the hotel on the nightstand. He gets back to the hotel, and then the housekeeper is like, "Oh, here's your watch," and he's like, "I don't care about my watch. Where's my bracelet? <laughs> this is a really nice watch, right? And it's a, it's a twenty-five dollar bracelet." And they're like, "What bracelet?" They're like, "Oh, like they they had to go fish it out of the garbage can." And so they fished it out of the garbage and he cleaned it up and he took it. And he's like, this is way more precious to me than my watch. Wow. And I think that that said a lot about just, um, and he, in one of the interviews, he said, you know, my, my greatest accomplishment will be not because I'm, uh, you know, Scooter or uh, Bieber's manager, but because I'm a great dad. Yeah. And so that meant a lot to him. So when, um, all of a sudden last, was it last summer, two summers ago, I get, uh, I get summoned to his house again. And he's like, I need your bracelet. I was like, okay, like I could have mailed it to you, whatever. He's like, no, I need you here. I was like, all right. So I'm in there. And he whispers um, what he wants on there. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I don't want my housekeeper to hear it. So it was the name of his third um, child, his daughter. So I think I was the third person other than him and his wife to know the name of the child. Um, and the word was heart. Or the, there was uh, Jagger, Levi, and heart, H-A-R-T. And... Uh, that's what I put on there, made it for him. Um, and then a, a couple weeks later, uh, his daughter was born. And I look back on that moment, and it was just such a cool <clears throat> of him, him whispering the word heart to me. Um, because I think that's really what it's about. It's getting in touch with our hearts. It's getting out of our minds and into our hearts. And, and that's, a, that's part of my practice is I live in my head most of the time. And getting yeah. really into my feelings and you know some sadness and, and working through that pain and uh, arriving on the other side, you know, happier and more joyful person. Yeah. <clears throat> well said. Well said. 
It's um, in the heart. My experience is when I'm in the heart and I've gotten out of my head, <clears throat> other than when I've experienced that through the form of drugs, um, there's this sense, there's this total sense of, of everything's okay, of there's no lack of anything. There's just this sense of, of contentment, freedom and peace. But how do you get more of those moments, I think is, is the challenge because we live in such, I say, the world wants your eyeballs. Yep, your attention. That's what they want. And people say, time is the most valuable commodity. And I go, no, there's fine print at the bottom of that. It's your focus they want. Because you can sit in the classroom with a professor and not give him your focus. You gave him your time, but your focus was elsewhere. So how do you get it to a place where focus becomes the highest currency and the practice of your focus is not something that you give up easily? And that's the journey I'm on. Likewise, 100%. Cool. So you're a word guy. It's a perfect marriage between my message and, um, and your message, which is I, I'm coming at it from one side and you're coming at it from another side. So tell me a little bit about um, what, what value you put on the words that follow I am in your life? Wow. What value I put on the words. They're powerful. I mean, they're, they're defining. I think that's identity. I think it's, um, you know, I am worthy. Like I am love. I am loved. I'm lovable. Like those are hard concepts. Those are probably the greatest work we'll do as human beings. Yeah is really and that's the work i'm on right now is is feeling that i'm going to be okay you know and i think that when i was at this retreat center january of 2013 i was going through a really uh, difficult breakup i was going through a lot of uncertainty and i remember one it was probably four or five days into this week and i and i had this full release and at the end or in the middle of this i just all of a sudden felt like it's all going to be okay because I think I was holding on to all this anxiety and stress and pressure. And so, um, so the, yeah, this, this practice is powerful and we can have peace despite the external circumstances. Have you read this book yet? No, um, but it looks awesome. I'm going to look it up. Lovable. It's very good. Very, very Flanagan. Good book. Tell me more about it. What, what, well, what it's it? written by Kelly Flanagan. He's a doctor and he wrote a small letter to his daughter one day and then he put it up in a blog and it just went viral and that's when he decided that he had a gift of writing and he should teach i'm actually um, working with him right now in coaching regarding um you know my relationships with humans and and my intimate relationship because my pattern is to go um is to shut down when things don't go the way i want i, I give so much and then when i feel like i it's not working I, be, I go into learned helplessness and I'm just like, well, I guess there's nothing else I can do. And I shut down. So it's a pattern I'm, I'm working on breaking. And, um, and he's just got some really great insights on it. So it's, it's a beautiful book. You should get it. I will. Thank you. Cool. Great. Yeah, I, I watched um, a video on, um, on uh, Goldcast and I feel like we have a similar uh, father. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it's tough. Well, I was going to ask you if you had seen it. That was my next question. And do you remember the story I tell about pizza face to ruggedly handsome? 
I, uh, I, I only caught the first half and then okay. uh, finished so it. I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, and it, it goes like this. My brothers and sisters called me Pizza Face um, because I had a lot of acne growing up. And they probably said it a few times, but the, the thing that happens to humans is we latch on to a label that we think fits us. Some of them are empowering, like, oh, you're funny, right? or you're cute, um, or you're athletic, or you're stupid, you'll never amount to much, you're ugly in my case, and then we repeat it to ourselves. So I did this for many, many years, got up, looked at the mirror, etc., and then I really developed a negative identity because of it. And then later in my life, what I did was I got a trainer or a coach that reframed me and um, said, you can change that label anytime that you want. And I took on the um, association with Clint Eastwood and because I felt like I could identify with him. I couldn't identify with Tom Cruise, but I could with Clint Eastwood. So that's when I changed it to Ruggedly Handsome. And then I just told myself that over and over again. And I can remember a shift in how I felt physically and mentally and my confidence, etc. And that's why I created this whole I am movement because that word, pizza face or two words, could have been the word on a bracelet. Yeah. And for 20 years, I carried around pizza face on a bracelet and on my arm. I woke up every morning and I looked in the mirror and I went pizza face, you're ugly. Oh, look, there's another pimple. And I became uglier and uglier and I felt worse and worse until I had a programmer come along like maybe you and give me a new word. Yeah, that's beautiful. What, what word would you pick right now for yourself? I was thinking about that and it would have to be in the area of um, forgiveness, I think. Yeah. How so? Yeah. Or why did you choose that? I've been incredibly tough on myself most of my life. Yeah. And I should have done a lot more. I could have done a lot more. Um, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to, um, to hit a home run every time I'm at the plate. And, um, and then when I hit the home run, there's no celebration because that's the watermark that's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. Yeah. The price of entry is Rock Thomas has to be outstanding. Yeah. Anything less, you beat yourself up, hit outstanding. Okay. That was yeah. expected. Catch the winning touchdown with broken hand, uh, triple sales, be the best on the field, uh, be a fantastic dad. Buy your mother a house, blah, 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 blah. Uh, youngest of seven. And so, um, so I think it's, it's forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I'll send, I'll send one to you. <laughs> send it to you. You're good, man. You got me choked up. Damn you. <laughs> Beautiful. So that's the work. I think, um, Maybe we're both on a similar journey for the month of August, right? It's a little bit yeah. more self-care. So, Amen. Um, so let's end on this note. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I don't think we have to say anything more. I think that uh, people will feel it. And um, yeah. I'm glad that we connected. And I look forward to meeting you in person so I can give you a, 
uh, coronavirus approved or non-approved hug. Likewise. Where are you based? In Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. We'll figure. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Let's get out there. All right, Chris. Appreciate you. All right, you too. How about we choose together one word for um, for the listeners? Whatever comes to us. What do you got? Just joy. All right. That's vibration. How about you? Joy squared. I'm not going to change that. Perfect. Um, yeah, and let's let's I'll connect with you offline. We'll I'll get you uh, some bracelets. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.